Welcome to the NEREJ NYREJ podcast. I'm your host, Rick Kaplan. My net, my guest today is David Brook, and he's the founder, the CEO, and team leader for EXP Realty and Brook Group Real Estate. Hey, David, how are you? What's happening, man? It's good to be uh, on your show. I appreciate your invitation and your uh, your warm welcome. Seems like a lot of hats that I'm wearing, I guess. <laughs> I don't know where you got that injury, man, but I seem to have a lot of jobs now. <laughs> Speaking of a lot of hats, we uh, we do quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of work in both the atmosphere. So a lot of guys who are in commercial are, like annoyed with the guys who you know do a little bit of resi and commercial at the same time. They call us resi commercial uh, guys, and 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 not really big on both. Well, let me explain a little bit what we do. So. Um, I started as a real estate appraiser. And before that, I was in construction, got into real estate appraising through a huge story. You can certainly look up some other interviews that I've done before. I go more into that. But the, the whole essence was that I was showing up at properties and uh, and I, I felt like, man, I've been through a whole lot of schooling. I had to go through 2,500 hours just to get into my, you know, get my certification. And these realtors are getting their license in like two weekends up in Massachusetts and and I was getting you know four hundred dollars, three hundred fifty dollars for an appraisal, and these guys were making thirty thousand dollars on. And I'm like, how long did that take to sell? And it was like, oh, a weekend, you know. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing something wrong here, right? So I get into that, and uh, I get into real estate sales, and that was really hard. The guy was like, you know, hey, are you alive? And I was like, yes, I'm alive. And so he let me let me start working for him, and. And I really wasn't getting a whole lot, Rick. I wasn't getting a lot at all. A lot of guidance, a lot of mentorship, nothing like that. And I uh, started really writing down the the things that worked and the things that didn't. In 2017, I uh, opened my own, um, not brokerage, but my own team. And so we really founded it on uh, some, some principles rather than the idea of a team leader wanting to go on vacation, have some coverage and buying some online leads or whatever they, you know teams do nowadays. Um, but for us, it was uh, all about training, uh, support, and leads. And so we built it a, an entire shop. We quickly rocketed up to the number one uh, team at Keller Williams Realty at the time. And since we've joined eXp Realty, and now we're one of the top 50 teams in the entire company. But whatever, who cares? We sell you know, quite a few homes. We sell 600 plus homes a year. That's great. Uh, but what really excites us is the ability to create these mentorships inside of real estate to accelerate uh, residential real estate agents as fast as possible. So if you want to get in, make over $100,000 a year, we'll show you exactly how. Um, we've got this huge, massive, you know, 500 plus step onboarding program, a boot camp, um, which is, you know, 12 weeks of just intense training. So it's a real, real educational way of looking at how do I learn real estate? How do I learn um, this industry super fast um, so I can get selling as quickly as possible? So that's a little bit of what we do. Um, sounds like a lot, but what we dabble in a bunch of other areas as well. Um, but let's just start with that. Well, so let me, you're you in Connecticut. I am. So, so yeah, where, do, where do you cover as far as a, a brokerage? Yeah. So our brokerage is cloud-based. Um, which allows us to serve different regions. So a lot of times guys will be like, oh, are you in my town? I'm like, dude, I sell houses in Tampa, Florida, and I've never been to Tampa, Florida in our brokerage because it allows us to do what we do. Um, we can sell houses there. Um, so I have, I have team agents in Tampa. I have team agents in Massachusetts, uh, around Boston area. Um, we have team agents that serve Western Massachusetts. I have team agents in every corner of Connecticut. 
Um, so we serve all, all throughout from Greenwich to um, Mystic and all the way up to a little bit into, you know, Northwest region um, uh, and then also a little bit into the Northeast, but not as much in the Northeast corner. So, yeah, we got a lot of coverage and then we have a, a really good sized team in Providence, Rhode Island um, as well. So lots of coverage there in the New England area. So when you sell a house in Greenwich, let's say, uh, obviously there'll be a nice commission on a house in Greenwich. It could be e even a two bedroom home, yeah. <laughs> be a good commission on that. Yeah. Uh, so where do you have your, your st sales team? Where, where do they like to focus on? Because, you know, I, you know, some of those de deals like in Greenwich and Westport, Connecticut, those areas, uh, very expensive homes, the buyers, and the sellers can be very intimidating. So you have to be a very thick skinned, you know, uh, salesperson, I would think. Whereas opposed to, you know, go to central Connecticut or to South, uh, northern Connecticut, you know, it's a little easier, you know? Yeah, we can be jerks too. Don't worry about it. No, but some of the <laughs> Here's the thing is some of the nicest people we know, you know, live in big homes and um, some of the meanest people that we've ever met live in live in small places, too. So, you know, you get you get all over. I think you use the word intimidating and I think it can be intimidating when you haven't done something before and you haven't uh, developed that confidence level yet. And so what we hopefully do is train our agents um, how to learn their own niche. So I teach agents how to grow their business in varieties of areas. And one of those is to own your niche, figure out where you have an agent. So we have an agent of ours. Her name is Ashley Pushy, and she is um, in Fairfield, and she really specializes in the price point that you probably were just referring to. And uh, that's her market that, that she serves. And our job is to help her and grow her as quickly as possible. And it's definitely her, her niche is not central Connecticut, right? So she's not necessarily learning those areas. And so the cool thing about having a team is if you found it to principle rather than personality, then it's not about myself and it's not about our branding of what we think. It's not ultra luxury. It's not investments. It can be all of those things individualized to each agent that specializes in that area. And, you know, I talk mostly about commercial real estate. So, you know, the transaction of a commercial real estate property, let's say a, a 10 story building uh, could take six months, a year to, to close a deal on something like that. Yeah. More like a year than six months, but, uh, it, it takes quite a bit of time, but it's a nice hefty commission. Once you do close on a deal like that, cause it could be $15 million or, or, or better. Yeah. When you are dealing with residential, you, you close well in the past market, uh, you closing like in 30 days might be a late closing, you know, it <laughs> close, yeah. they close pretty quickly. So you can close on multiple deals. They do. Is that the no, case? I, well, what I've always taught uh, for my guys is you can certainly focus on price point, um, which is, is possible, right? Like I only want to deal with, you know, $2 million properties or more. And th those are great. Um, you get a great uh, commission like you're saying as well. One of the things I've noticed about some, some markets across the country is that your luxury market typically defined as three times median sale price is, uh, you know, for, for many people, it, it doesn't provide as much consistency as focusing on units. And the reason that I do that is so <clears throat> if real estate becomes volatile, volatile environments typically generally can create volatile uh, uh, be, uh, human beings because they're constantly in this mode of change. 
And so we try to focus on units because it provides more consistency with people so that they can budget and so that they can plan for the next year. Um, and it really focuses on continuing activities where if you've got only two deals that are under contract and they're big, large deals at $2 million a pop, so you've got $4 million under contract and one of your deals falls apart because that's the market. There's not you know 20 or 40 uh, you know of these $2 million properties selling every month. One of your deals falls apart. Yeah, sure, you got $2 million in closings, but 50% of your expected uh, projected paycheck just went out the window. Um, whereas if you've got maybe you know five you know $200,000 properties that are under contract and you lose one or two, yes, you're losing a good percentage there, but you've still got you know uh, a, a good pipeline that's that's still probable there. So um, in that case, we understand that the $2 million sale is still more than the three, 500,000s, but it gives you the idea of units. And one of the cool things that I've realized about dealing with so many units is that you get more relationships. And when you have more relationships, more opportunities tend to tend to spark. And uh, and then when you're ready for them, cool things happen, which is, I think, something we want to talk about, given the fact that you do a lot about commercial is, uh, you know, this recent involvement that I've had in the EV toll industry um, with uh, with with uh, air mobility and, and some of the things that we're looking at there. Okay, and we'll get into that in a second. I just want to, have you seen a, a, a slowdown, either people putting homes on the market or people looking to purchase homes? Has that shown any kind of it, slowdown? Absolutely. absolutely. And I, I talk about that like very openly, I think, with a lot of uh, individuals across the country, because not every market is our market. In Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, um, you're really seeing uh, sales at 40% of what they were last year. So the numbers of units is down significantly, which means uh, it can be super challenging. Once again, back to that example, if you're only doing luxury and you're down 40%, like that's a that's a tough hit. And so that's why people are focusing on units as much as possible in the median sale prices. So if that happens, uh, man, it's been very, very stressful for, for agents. Um, it's also been scary for sellers because they're looking, if there's not a lot of properties on the market, then they're like, well, where do I go? And so we've been extremely outbound in our activities, meaning that I'm out knocking doors with my agents, showing them leadership through emulation of knocking on those doors, you know, showing exactly after we knock on the doors, what we do, what we say. And our conversations go something like this. Hey, hey Rick, uh, you know, it's, my name's David and I work in town and I just wanted to hand deliver some mail today. And uh, show you what's happening in your local market. And you're like, okay, cool. Thanks. And I'm like, well, what you might not know is there's a lot of people who would love to live in your neighborhood. Obviously you love it. How long have you lived here? We have a conversation. And then what ends up happening is I look left and I look right. And I say, you know, out of curiosity, which one of your neighbors do you think might be moving? Have you ever heard anyone say that? And they're like, oh yeah, Jimmy down the street. And then I'll go down to Jimmy down the street. I'll be like, hey, your buddy Rick's, you know, ratted you out. He said that you might be wanting to move soon. And then you have a conversation and we put deals together off market all the time. So you, there's a lot more legwork and a lot more uh, research oh, and yeah. things of that nature that you oh, have yeah. to start implementing yeah. because it's not just that easy. Uh, so-and-so calls up, hey, I want to put my house on the market. <laughs> it's no, wait, it's not that easy anymore. Well, you know what? It was like, uh, you know, there was a there was a, there was was a a good uh, good quote I heard a few years ago. And it happened from a sales manager who walked into a meeting and, and this guy had not been selling real estate. This is like in 2020, 2021, right? Where it was like so easy to sell a house. He was like, are you good at dodging raindrops? And the guy was like, no, no, I'm not good at dodging raindrops. He's like, well, it's raining sales out there and you're not soaking wet. And the idea behind it was it was just so easy and it was actually an availability market. It was so as long as you were available, you could sell real estate. And now it's a skill-based market. 
And as long as you are skilled, you are going to do just fine. You just have to employ that skill. And it's doing something that, uh, you know, man, I think we've been waiting for a long time. There's 1.56 million realtors uh, nationwide. And finally, that number is on the decline. And uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, well, things always change. They do. So let's let's jump right into uh, this new pro- project you're talking about. And and what's that? What's that all about? You know. Well, I'm constantly uh, getting involved in new things, more units, more relationships. Um, you know, I got started a little bit into uh, multifamily development a few years back. I'm running a, a project right now with um, with the Procopio companies out of Boston. Um, they've and developed. That, that's funny because I know Mike. You know Mike. I just saw him yesterday. <laughs> guy. Mike's a very good guy, and hopefully you've met Greg, uh, his brother. No, I only know Mike. Well, they're, they're all great guys. Brian as well uh, over there. Um, they, they've developed a property up in um, uh, up in Portland, Maine, and yeah. I'm running sales point on that with them. And so uh, we are just over 50% sold out on that project. And we're really excited about that bunch of condos in downtown. Um, and so in those types of relationships, you just come across these cool opportunities. And recently one was you know, I had just come across um, basically my desk and, and I was asked multiple times, hey, you want to get involved in this? Um, and I think it's really cool. Uh, the the industries around us are changing. We're seeing AI take off and um, the world changes through that. And we're seeing the world change after, you know, after COVID and, and whatnot. But what really hasn't changed too, too much is the transportation industry other than maybe like going through, you know, uh, electric cars with Tesla, et cetera. And, uh, and the next level of innovation in my mind is uh, changing the way that we can get in that last, um, kind, of, kind of like that last mile transportation. What I mean by that is when someone takes a flight and they fly from you know LA to LaGuardia or et cetera, they land there in LaGuardia. Well, they've got to get to other areas around New York or New Jersey or Connecticut or whatever. And that, they're going to start taking Ubers and taxis uh, in order to do that. Um, but what would it be like if um, we had air mobility that could take us there, what if we could go to the, our downtown near our, you know, our schools or uh, near our town halls, or maybe there was something near the local Starbucks, and uh, and we were able to just take a quick uh, flight, and it and it went directly from uh, you know a major airport to maybe another spot. So uh, I was introduced to this company called Evertiports, and uh, Evertiports is uh, headed up. Um, uh, by by Jim Barnes and and, uh, and and Jim's been just you know really spearheading securing sites uh, across the country um, and at least in Connecticut as well where we're just looking for these great sites that would be awesome um, to to basically we need a 150 foot by 150 foot landing pad and uh, and what we do is we install a vertiport there we secure a, a, a lease with the owner it's an option for a lease. And uh, what you can do is is secure uh, the ability to have a vertiport built within that space, uh, whether just regular on a, on a, on slab or on a, on a um, pavilion sort of um, or a platform. And what you can do with that is uh, e-vertiports will take on all the cost of the construction, all the co- capital costs, et cetera, all the permitting, et cetera. And once they go through that process and, and they start having flights land in those areas and the options to do that, they split the revenue 50-50 with the, uh, with the owner. So it's a great opportunity for not only you know, ancillary income, but primary income, um, especially for parking lot owners and uh, hospitals and you name it. You think of like all of the industries that could benefit, even emergency medical services, transportation supplies. I mean, it's, it's really endless of where this could go. So I'm super excited to be a part of it. 
So you're talking basically for helicopter landing pads. Yeah. I mean, there's some cool uh, companies doing, doing some stuff out there, you know, Joby and Blade and a few of these other guys who are, who are players in the market. Um, but they're basically ordered these fully electric um, vehicles um, that are that helicopter sort of, um, you know, construction, but it's, but it's all, it's all electric. And the ability is you think of like, oh, a Tesla, it's got to land and, you know, you charge up these, they, they can fully charge these things pretty quickly in, in, um, you know, about 30 minutes or so charging them up next passengers on fly them out there. And you can, you can think about the business model from this of all of these, uh, in uh, all of these, uh, uh, air mobility companies that are going to be looking for landing sites, et cetera. And so you think about the Jobies that are out there, the, 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 um, the blades that are currently operating, but what about the, the airlines? And then you notice that they're putting billions and billions and billions of investment behind this with already given orders in order to make this happen. And what's crazy is you think that it's like, you know, the Jetsons and it's the future or whatnot, but the Biden administration has already launched with the FAA and DOT to get their rules and along with their tax uh, laws around what's going to happen, how we're going to you know manage the flight patterns. And, and I think it's a real gold rush. It's an opportunity for landowners to give us a call and to have a conversation and be like, Hey, does my lot fit? Could this work for us? And how much? So, can we earn it? so as of right now, there are not any of those type of, uh, air vehicles. Uh, they're well, not turning, they're not around yet. Uh, well, they've built prototypes for a bunch and you can see some of the companies that do have very similar operations to them, but what's not in place as of yet, they've got landing sites proposed. I mean, another one just came out. Uh, they're going to put one in Tampa, um, for some of these sites, but this is all the infrastructure is currently being built right now to supply this and the orders are out for these. And they have to then figure out how to, uh, manage the flight patterns because if you have a lot of those flying around that that, yeah. that could be very dangerous for people up in the uh, and on the ground <laughs> it's true and i'm sure someone at one point in time rick said the same thing about a car right they were like hey you know what's really cool about these horses is uh that 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 but yeah. um I, I don't know you know somehow we've managed you know obviously there's danger and there's risk with everything and i'm sure safety yeah is and be- you know they're Nowadays, there's just as much risk uh, in the air, well, less risk in the air as there is on the ground. You know? <laughs> yeah. If you're driving on our highways, especially in Boston, <laughs> oh yeah, it's what, very what, risky. Well, one of the things I get really excited about is the idea if you could, you know, if you were in New York and you wanted to get from or Manhattan, you're in one side to the other of Manhattan. You know, it's going to take you an hour and a half, and it's probably going to cost you 150 bucks on an Uber. Um, in order to do that, maybe, maybe you can get it for the last hundred bucks, but right no. now, I mean, Oh, I can take- see how it could, I, I can see it would be an incredible benefit because with our traffic situations that go wrong, uh, it's, it's needed. Something has to happen. Oh, it's amazing. The amount of, I mean, I don't know if you saw this recently, but LA is looking at taxing people to use their highways and or beyond just tolls. So it's a, it's a tax and the hope is let's get cars off the road. So Think about the opportunity here if we can get others, you know, just having more opportunities to use more uh, lanes, not only on the ground, but in the sky. Um, it just it creates some some cool opportunity, not only for, um, you know, new jobs and new industry, et cetera, to start, but also, you know, beyond the expectation that this goes to a one trillion to nine trillion dollar, uh, you know, industry as of 20, 2040 and 2050, respectively, to some estimates. I think it creates an amazing opportunity for the world to change around us. 
You know, I would hey. love to, to just pop in and fly to Newport, you know, in right. 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Hey, it worked for the Jetsons. It did work for the Jetsons. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's definitely going to work for us. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe the Simpsons have an episode about this that I haven't seen. <laughs> That's right. Prove that, it, that this isn't going to happen right away. That's right. Probably well, with their aliens. I, that they- I mean, I like the idea. I wish you good luck with that. Um, well, and I, I like to hear more about it as it uh, progresses. So, you know, when you do have more information, you know, what next stages of happening, you know, let me know. I'm sure yeah, the listeners would want to know as well. I, I think listeners, if they are, you know, if they're into commercial real estate and they see opportunities with this, this is like if you're forward thinking, if you're progressive thinking about where the world is going, then I'd love to hear from them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, diversification. You know, people are in this, this, you just said it earlier, you know, the market slowed down in, in residential, you know, sales, you know, yeah. you got to be diversified. You got to have uh, other things going at the same time, you know? Yeah. It's, it's actually why we created a, uh, it's interesting that you bring that up. We created an entire, um, revenue stream for, for real estate, uh, agents and brokers. If they, you know, send us leads on these, uh, you know, these sites, we can provide commissions to them, you know, by securing a lease. It's really simple. And their owners are going to absolutely love them and call them forever. And every time they, they see a bird report, they, the guy's going to get excited and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe my broker set me up with that. So it feels like the cell tower. Remember when that was happening? It was like, you know, who, you know, what sites can we secure with these cell towers? And now those guys are, you know, they're pretty happy. I, I do remember that. I was actually in the business when it first started. Were you really? I, I was. And, uh, got out of it in 2012. So from 1980, what was it? 1984, I think it might've been when it first started. And, um, everyone, you, everyone would say that's never going to work. No one's going to buy a telephone for three thousand dollars, and and look what happened. And here we are, buddy. Here we are. People Glued can't live without them. Addicted. You know, people. You go by someone that's homeless in the street, and they they don't have a place to live. They can have. They barely have food, and they're living. They're living on the streets, but they have a cell phone. <laughs> so, you know, everyone right. has them. Well, hopefully one day we'll, uh, you know, hopefully we can solve world hunger and everything else. And we'll also be able to fly with, uh, you know, an Ever through an Ever to port and right. uh, get to our next destination. So, David, if someone wants to get a hold of you uh, or reach you, I should say, and uh, if get maybe more information about this, what's it called again? Yeah, it's, so there, it's the company's called Ever to ports. Ever to ports, like uh, you know, electric. Okay. E-Ver. Um, but one of the best ways that you can just get in touch with me is, is, uh, through my email. So, uh, you know, my name is David Brook, that's B-R-O-O-K-E, but it's David at brookgrouprealestate.com. You can look me up on our website, brookgrouprealestate.com or find me on Instagram. David N is my middle name and, uh, Brooke. So at David N Brooke, um, it's a great way to reach me. I'd love to, love to chat with some people. Okay. And if you do watch it on the video at the end of the video, it will have your information. If someone wants to get a hold of you. Uh, unfortunately when you listen on the podcast stations they don't show the video so they don't see how handsome you are Rick. (laughs) (laughs) that's why i'm on those podcast stations they don't want to see how handsome i am (laughs) we we both have faces for radio (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so you know uh, before we go and we, we have to go we're running out of time you know 
what is you what's your thoughts on where we're going in real estate right now as far as the rest of 20, 2023 and 2024 i know it's hard to predict but well uh the cool thing is is that um you know success and failure both leave clues as to what's happening and the success of the market and the failure of the markets you know hopefully are leaving clues for us for those who listen to your show who are probably far more astute into commercial real estate, what's happening with leases, what's happening with, you know, uh, commercial loans and everything else that I'm going to leave that to them. What's what I see in residential real estate is the fact that I've got eight, 82 million millennials who are ready to buy houses right now, over 56, according to CoreLogic, over 56% of finance properties last year were all bought by millennials. I pull demographics continually and it shows a, a massive pool. The largest almost bell curve of the entire millennial generation is in that first time home buying phase. They've been kept up for about two years, um, three years, and they're like, they're ready to buy. And so you've got an amazing amount of demand um, headed into the market. And when you've got that crazy amount of demand and super low inventory, like we haven't seen in a long time, the, the, the prices are just really rocketing up. I've seen around the country because I talk with some friends who are like, you know what, man, I'm not seeing in this pocket over here. I'm not seeing in that pocket. And there are pockets where you've got a lot of uh, migration out of those areas for whatever reason. Um, but most of the areas we're seeing very low demand, high prices, low days on market. But we are worried because the numbers of sales have ticked down dramatically as many sellers have pulled back. So where do I see it going, man? Well, I probably see this going into the end of this year with continued rates at least trending into the sixes. And my my assumption is that we're going to trend down into the fives somewhere towards the end of the year. I think when those, those rates go down into the fives and people really get used to the idea that five is the new normal, that you're going to see even more demand flooded to the market. Here's my last part that I think is a wise thing that the administration, any administration would be wise to implement. Stop incentivizing buyers to get into the market by even dropping rates or anything. Start incentivizing sellers. Give them a break on cap gains or something like that in order to give them a period of time, a window in order to influx some, some inventory into the marketplace and allow them to be able to sell their properties for whatever reason, take advantage of it, flood that inventory back in and allow prices to start to depress. They're trying to combat, you know, in, in Connecticut, you can get $50,000 towards your down payment free assistance directly from the state of Connecticut, free. All you got to do is make under $113,000 at 620 credit score and not own a house in the last three years. Mm -hmm. So we don't need more demand. What we need to do is take that same amount of those, that money, that 50,000, maybe even less, start passing that out to sellers to say, hey, you don't have to pay on that tax, give them a tax break, you know, in, in order to, you know, flood some, uh, some homes to the market and give those people a good reason. There's a lot of cool things that we can do, but you know, my thing would be focus on those sellers to bring the inventory back. Very interesting. Thank you, David. And we're talking with David Brooks, and he is the founder, CEO, and team leader of EXP Realty and Brook Group Real Estate. I want to thank you, David. A lot of interesting stuff. And come back again when you have more information on that e thing I made, Jiggy. E-Vertiports. Sounds e good. E-Vertiports. <laughs> thank I you again, it. David.